Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to read to you four verses from Romans chapter 4 and Paul's letter. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. And how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too will walk a new life. In the name of our suffering Savior, dear Christian friends, a sign appeared in front of a nameless church. Come, join us, have fun. It won't cost you anything. Is that right? Is that the way it works? Come and join us and it doesn't cost you anything? Is that the modern version of the gospel? Come, follow. The way is not only free, it's cheap. You don't have to do anything or you don't have to give anything. You don't even have to believe anything. Just come and have a great time. You know, in our overburdened ears and pocketbooks, that might sound just the right thing to do. Something that doesn't cost, something that doesn't have demands on us, promises fun, freedom, that can't be all bad, can it? It would be nice to have something that didn't demand us of something, didn't expect something from us, wouldn't it? Every day, in every way, the world pulls that from us or at us, demanding, first of all, us to conform, to get in line, to do the right thing, to pay our taxes, to get our license and permits, and to go to the required gatherings and get to, to our job on time. We invite those needs, or we invite those who need, we need to invite we send greetings to those people who greet us, and we do our best to live up to the whole mountain of expectations. Isn't it just the same for this thing called the Christian life? Sure, we talk about our life of faith, but isn't it all just another demand on the top of all the others that we see? Something we have to do, to keep, to attend to? And maybe that's why the churches give into that temptation to make the invitation easy, to make the, uh, the attraction so, well, so attractive. Promise them something, something good, something easy, and make it appealing, make it cheap, and they will come. And yet Jesus comes, not offering to us a free lunch or a chance to be coddled. Jesus comes calling, repent, turn around. Turn around from the things of the world that, that bring you down, from the values that corrupt, from the way of life that's filled with lost people going in a, in a lost direction. Turn around, Jesus says, follow me. And where does he lead us? He leads us not in a path of luxury or ease, 
No, he leads us in the path of discipleship, on that hard path, the path that we may even be hated. Follow me, Jesus says. Follow me on the path of service that may not be appreciated. Follow me on the path that seeks to give instead of uh, to get, to serve instead of being served, to comfort instead of being comforted. Sound dividing? Sound like something that you would want to be a part of? And we find ourselves facing two paths, two ways of living, and we don't know which way to go. On the one hand, the path that Jesus calls us to, he offers life, abundant life. But his path is so different from the path that Satan offers us. Satan promises us life as well, and it's a path that invites us to satisfy our desires, to fill our lives with the things that provides the moments of happiness to live only for self. So which path do we take? Do we follow Jesus along that path of servanthood and service, or do we follow the path of self-service? Before we can even talk about which road to take, we need to stop and we need to look at ourselves. We need to discover again who we are and whom and whose we are. We need to go back to the beginning, back to our baptism back to when we were first brought into that family of faith. And in that sacrament and at that moment, God claimed you and me as his own. The sign of the cross was made on your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ, the crucified. And through that water and through that word, you were made a child of God and an heir of salvation a recipient that all God, all Christ won for us by his perfect life and by his innocent suffering and death. He chose the path of service. He chose the path of obedience to his Father. He chose to turn away from that path that leads to corruption, and instead he chose the path that laid ultimately to the cross. And he did all that for you. And for me. And in our baptism, we discover again who we are. We are God's redeemed child. We, are, we have his promise that nothing can take it away from us. Now, if that is who we are, people who belong to Christ, and if we have been given the certainty of eternal life in his name, then he wants more to us than a people who just struggle through life with all the burdens and with all the worries, encumbered by sin and weighed us down. He wants us to know life, to have abundant life. In fact, he does more than just desire us to have a new life. He gives us that new life. For the truth of the matter is, that if Jesus called to a radical and repentant discipleship, depending upon our ability to hear and to respond, we might never follow. 
if we waited to, if God waited until we decided which path to take, until we put down all of that clutter of the world and our wants and our needs and our followers, he might never receive us. But the, pa- the power of the call to repentance comes from the caller. The ability to turn comes from the spirit who, in, who in- inhibits that call. And amazingly, the call is not to give and to, and to give up, but we are to give and to turn and to gain everything. We gain life. And the end of living for self is the beginning of the abundant life, the life of meaning, the life of purpose, the life that cannot be defeated and taken away. It is the beginning of life that will never end. So tonight, on this day of ashes, we bring before our Lord all those things that weigh us down. We bring before him all those false things which promised us life. We bring before him all of our sins and our selfishness and lay it all before the cross, the cross of Jesus. And we hear him say on that cross, Father, forgive them. And in that forgiveness, we know that following Jesus is the one only way, the only path that we can follow because it's a path that leads to life. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.